The following is a production of Omnus.tv. On this episode of Revelator, I welcome Dead End Drivers, Haster, and Smile Empty Soul. It's a triple-decker deluxe show of music interviews and Walmart stories. Welcome to Revelator. I'm your host, Ryan. Thanks for hanging out with me as always. Woo! Another triple header show. I'm really stoked about this one. The band Haster, Smile Empty Soul, and Dead End Drivers will all be on this particular episode of Revelator. It's one of those episodes where it's just... In the face! In the face! In the face! Oh, it's awesome, man. I'm really stoked about this. One, for, for people to hear Smile Empty Soul, to, to uh, hear Haster and the, our first guest, which is Dead End Drivers... Uh, Ian, Sam, and Matt from the band will join us in just a moment. Dead End Drivers, musical journey, uh, man, through three different artists. This, I, I hope you guys are excited about this show as I am. Uh, so kick back, have a drink or four, because the drunker you are, the better I'm going to sound, obviously. Unless you're driving, of course, listening in your car. In that case, just keep it you know, from going left to center. You know, Wear your seatbelt. Give the middle finger to anyone who's cut you off in traffic so far. Uh, Dave from Haster will also join us, and Jake from Smile Empty Soul um, will stop by. We're going to talk about Walmart touring and uh, auditioning uh, and recording and all that good stuff. Really, really fun. But hey, the first song tonight from Dead End Drivers is titled Backyard here on Revelator. Down my guitar 
That is My Backyard by Dead End Drivers here on Revelator, and I'm joined now by the guys from the band Ian, Sam, and Matt. Gentlemen, uh, thanks for uh, being on the Revelator show. How the heck are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, You know, um, I really like the track. I know you guys have been following me on Twitter and vice versa for a little while now, and uh, listen to the track My Backyard, which is off your EP that you released, um, One Way Out. Um, really good stuff, man. I, I, a couple things I want to ask you, uh, and um, the, the song "My Backyard" again, it's a great track, and I think it kind of shows your your musical influences. Obviously, I would think Mufford and Sons um, comes to mind when I first heard it initially. Um, could you guys kind of shed some light on some other musical influences that you have uh, that maybe people might not be aware of? Um, Ian, do you want to start? Sure. Yeah, I'll start. Um, I've been super influenced by uh, Nirvana. I mean, growing up, I would listen to a lot of, like, 90s grunge bands, and that kind of inspired just the way I play my guitar and things like that. And, like, I also grew up listening to Grateful Dead, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, and everything like that. So it's like all all those combinations kind of project when I play my guitar, and it just kind of it, it creates an interesting sound, I think, especially in my backyard. It kind of has all those aspects to it. I mean, the solo kind of sounds like something you would, you would tend to hear out of like a seventies album or something like that. So I think, I mean, all my musical influences, um, and guitar players with all those, with all those bands kind of influenced me and made that record happen. I think. Indeed. Um, I guess I'll go next. Um, uh, I have a fairly decent Latin influence, uh, due to some winter percussion and other, uh, gigs I've played before for drum kit, but I also have a fair amount of uh, drumline experience uh, from high school marching band, and uh, I, I guess you could integrate that into what I play uh, during kit. Uh, and you know, it's it's not too much of an overtone, but uh, rudimental stuff is really important to me when, uh, especially on the snare drum for some of these songs. Um, I definitely have a heavy jazz influence over the top of this. I've been doing a lot of stuff over the years, and uh, jazz and rock and roll just really stick to me. So I try to play the harmony in a melodic fashion every chance I get, and it's one of the things I love to do. Very cool. Um, You know what... uh you guys are obviously very diverse, and I think that it's key with any band. You know, instead of pigeonholing yourself into a, a category, just trying to be the best band you can be. Now, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, we we kind of skip the introductions. We're kind of like an AA meeting around here sometimes, you know. So, uh, why don't you guys introduce yourselves and, and uh, what you do with the band, and also how long you've been playing your uh, instrument, if you don't mind. All right, Ian. Okay, um, I'm Ian Tyson. Um, I've been playing guitar for the Ben Drivers for about a couple of years now. Um, I also play piano and uh, drums. I've been playing piano for about 12 years and drums for about three. Um, my name is Matt Wilson. Uh, I've been playing drum kit for the Ben and Drivers for about two, two and a half years. Uh, and I started playing drums uh, about eight years ago. Um, I'm Sam Martins. I've been playing bass for 10 or 11 years, 
and I've been playing for the Dead End Drivers, I don't know, about a year. Around there. Yeah, about. Right now, all you guys, uh, I think on your bio said you guys met uh, in high school for the most part. Uh, talk to me about you know the the point where you guys were like, you know what, let's get together and and form this and do this. Um, how did that kind of come to be for you guys? Um, it was yeah. mainly it was mainly um, like a combination. Like Luke and I um, had been together and played music since like sophomore year of high school, and. Um, um, we just kind of were trying to find our sound through the, you know, the three or four years we were still there. And um, I've known Matt since I was in, like, sixth grade. So I, I knew Matt was a good drummer. So I picked up Matt along um, the course of these three years and picked up Sam along, too, because Sam and I played in a jazz band at school for about a year or two. And I, you know, would watch him play and, like, see him play his bass, and it just, it was so awesome. Like, I, I love the way he plays bass, and I love the way Matt plays drums, and I was like, well, these guys will be a perfect fit for the band and the sound we're trying to create. So, they both them up, and we've created this EP right after, so. That was awesome. <laughs> that was <a> Well, <laughs> you guys obviously, uh, like, you guys see the... Well, no, go ahead. Sorry, man. I was like, right when I got into the band, we were like, okay, we're recording an EP. I was like, holy crap, this is awesome, guys. <laughs> it was pretty fascinating. Yeah. Good time. Now, was, Randy was that intimidating for you? Like, you know, hey, I'm joining this band. They're like, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to record, by the way, right now. You know, is, is that, oh, you no, know, kind of like, oh, man. It was so much fun. It was so much fun. It was, it wasn't awkward. It wasn't weird. It wasn't pressure. It was just, a bunch of guys making music. I it was so much fun. Uh, we need to record more music, guys. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, um, well, I know you guys are uh, are working on a new album, and we'll touch on that in a moment. But uh, and I, I think I asked this point one of the very few canned questions I think we always ask, and uh, that's about, obviously about the band name. And you guys will probably get that question all the time. But I'm curious about the names you didn't pick before you ended up as Dead End Drivers. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, we were, <laughs> we, we were going, we kind of went through a lot of different band names. I mean, this one stuck just because it was, it was more of a statement about us as a band. Cause it was before, you know, Matt and Sam came along, it was like, you know, I was, I was playing drums at one point and, you know, Luke was doing this and I, you know, we were switching around and we're trying to find that right sound. And it kept hitting dead ends. And I was thinking, well, we can change that. We're, you know, the drivers of our destiny kind of thing. So I said dead end drivers was a great name. But we, we were, you know, we were kind of, we were, we're kids. We were screwing around. We had stupid names. Um, <laughs> I know at one point we were called Rain, and that was that was dumb. I don't even know why that was. We were part of that. Uh, it was this kid, this, um, this kid uh, Sean, played, like, speed metal guitar, and then I would, wanted to play, like, Slower, like Foo Fighters kind of stuff, and it just didn't work out, and it just sucked. But um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, just through the course of the high school, I mean, I I've never really been big on names, and this one just seemed to fit us very well. 
Very nice, man. Well, uh, Dead End Drivers is definitely, uh, I, I dig the name. It's pretty clever, man. Um, I know you guys uh, are in the Colorado area, and I got to ask, man, uh, um, it's been a long time since, since I've smoked any pot, but, uh, um, what, what do you, you know, but, uh, man, I, what do you guys make of the, uh, have you noticed a change in the demeanor of anyone, uh, in the state, you know, or where you work or anything like that? Of, you know, everybody just kind of a little more chill now, a little, you know, everybody's doing yeah, the speed yeah. limit, you know? <laughs> Yeah, cops are a little more chill, um, especially <laughs> up in Fort Collins where I'm living right now. I mean, it's a college town, so they're just kind of like, oh, you're smoking pot in public, nobody cares, whatever, and they just kind of like let you be. Yeah, well, thankfully it wasn't too much of a bullet to dodge already beforehand because this legalization thing has been going around for quite a while. Um, first it was medical or, sorry, medicinal, and it really hasn't had too much of an effect or a change on us. So I guess that's a good thing. I don't know. Like, what do you think, Sam? Well, I went to college in Boulder. I don't know about you guys. Um, <laughs> culture in Boulder is uh, galvanized. To a, there's a lot of nationalism towards it. I, I don't think it's affected the band. Certainly not. But has it affected Colorado? Definitely. Yeah, I would think it kind of have to. I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, my stance on it is I, I don't see why it's not legal everywhere. That's just my stance on it altogether. But it makes me kind of want to move to Colorado and open up like a bake shop where you can just sit and play video games and we just sell baked goods. You know, like here's a bear claw. You know, here's a bear claw in Danish, that. and you know, and here's uh, here's you know. Here's some video games. Here, play some Madden. Have a bear claw. Hang out. You know, here's a hookah. Enjoy. You know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> there are so many hookah shops. It's ridiculous. No, oh, I mean, I bet, man. I, yeah. yeah, I imagine it's uh, definitely, you know, a little bit of a culture change. You know, I imagine certain areas, obviously, you're going to see that. But um, getting back to the music side of thing, guys, now, obviously, you're recording a new album. We're going to hear a brand new song titled Paradise here in a moment when we close out. But um, the recording process coming off the EP, One Way Out, uh, what did you guys learn musically about yourselves? Um, recording the EP, now going and doing a full album. Uh, what does that prepare you for for writing a whole album? Well, I think um, I, I listen to the EP um, now after be, after recording at the Spot Studios, where we're recording now, and it's just like the sound quality at the Spot Studios is phenomenal it's fantastic you know it sounds like us sounds like us live and you know it's getting all that you know picking up all those sounds that we create and i think us recording it, it, you can hear it when we record you hear each of our personalities and in our instruments and it creates this one like magical thing and i think it's awesome um definitely learned a lot about uh recording especially that it's not going to get done one day and nobody's perfect you know, you could have this idea in your head for a great guitar solo, and then you know you could have a producer who says, "No, that's that's the worst solo I've ever heard in my entire life." Like redo it, <laughs> you know. And then you learn more about yourself as a player that way, for sure. Yeah, and, and also about the spot, I really like it because they, uh, the producers at the spot, really want you to produce the best you can. Uh, it, it, time. For recording it doesn't matter as much to them, even though you know it's, it's a it's a factor. But you know it doesn't matter as much to us, and it doesn't matter as much to them. They really want to see you and hear you play pretty much the best you can possibly do. 
to make sure that that album comes out and creates uh, a statement for your band and your playing abilities. So they would constantly push you and rerun tracks if you did something that you shouldn't have or uh, that didn't sound as good as I wanted it to. They're like, well, okay, well, just, let's just run it again. And uh, it's really nice, dude. They, what they're really good at doing is they, they can share the vision that you have. They can, they're really good at seeing what you want and then helping you get there. They're incredibly talented sound technicians, and they have a lot of, they've got a lot of spirit, and that's not something you find everywhere. Well, I mean, it sounds, you know, obviously, you know, pushing yourself musically, it sounds like you guys are obviously for that, um, it's going to be a challenge, I would think. I mean, I've never re- recorded a full album. I, I wouldn't even know where to where to begin. It's obviously a pretty daunting task. Now, your your singer Luke couldn't be here, so if uh, if you guys could speak for him, uh, and you guys can crack on him and make jokes on him, he's not here. So, um, uh, if if I were to ask him that question, what what do you think he'd say, man? Um, Luke, the process for this, like the latest album we've had, has been kind of like kind of crappy for Luke because he was sick for half of it. So we would go in and record tracks, you know, he'd, you know, he'd feel like he'd be, you know, feeling better, and then he'd be sick, and the producers would be like, that was horrible. Like, <laughs> come back again. Like, you come back in three weeks, and we'll, you know, figure it out. But I think, like, he's really found himself as a singer, and, um, like, especially, like, a songwriter for this this uh, album that we're creating, because it's... I feel like we found our sound, and I feel like he knows that, too. It's like we, we would, you know, play songs that we thought would sound good, like little ditties, and be like, no, that doesn't sound like us. And we only picked the songs that sound like us when we recorded it, and it's definitely something that's changed him as a vocalist, I think. Very cool, man. And you guys took it easy on him. You took it way easy on him, man. <laughs> I thought yeah. you guys were gonna, you know. But uh, well, hey, uh, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, man. Um, now, do you guys have a um, a name uh, of the album yet, or is that still kind of a working title? And do you have a potential release date? Um, uh, it's a working title. Yeah. All right, you go ahead. Yeah, it's a working title. Um, we don't really have a release date yet. We're hoping to get back in the studio sometime um you know mid mid july august sometime like that i mean we're we're planning on playing a lot of shows we already have a new song that we pretty much just wrote about two three weeks ago um it's definitely going to be on the new album um we're just going to be focusing a lot on writing this summer so hopefully we can have another album out you know by fall fantastic well uh Guys, it's been a pleasure. Now, uh, the next song we're going to hear is, uh, I believe, probably the first time it's going to be played anywhere, and that is the song Paradise. Uh, what do we need to know about this track before we play out? This track is um, a statement um, of us and our songwriting, basically. And it's kind of, it's really poetic and metaphorical in that sense. And it's saying, like, you know, this is how we're writing music, and this is what we want our music to be, and, like, listen to it and hear it, and this is our paradise, basically. It's an artist statement. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well said, gentlemen. Uh, Ian, Sam, Matt, uh, best luck to you guys, man. And, uh, hey, when the new album is out, uh, you know, look us back up, man. Have, come back on, and uh, and we'll jam some tracks, man. Definitely. Yeah, no problem. Hey, my pleasure. This is Dead End Driver's brand-new single, 
paradise here on Revelator. Dead End Drivers here on Revelator, and that is a brand new track, unreleased, I think, 
probably the first time it's getting any airplay at all is right here on Reveler. That song, the name of that song is Paradise. Again, thanks to Ian Salmon, man, for joining us on uh, Hanging Out. Coming up will be David from Haster uh, talking about Vegas trips and rock and roll. Sometimes the best medicine is Haster right here on Revelator. Medicine here on Revelator. 
the band Haster. I'm joined now by David, the lead singer from the band. David, uh, thanks for uh, hanging out, man. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Just got to work, and um, I'm actually the lead guitarist, not the lead singer. <laughs> so. Ah, my man, I'm my bad. I'm sorry, man. Well, uh, okay. well, hey, man, you can be a singer if you want, man. Hey, just you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we all fight for the mic, so what, what, what the hell? <laughs> Your lead singer is going to hear this and be like, "Wait a second, did I get kicked out of the band? What's going on?" Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, well, hey, man, I, I know you're getting off work, and I know you got a you're you're heading to uh, Vegas for a uh, bachelor party. Uh, we were talking a, a little bit before the interview. Now, uh, um, do you guys have any uh, anything in store for the uh, the groom to be? I don't know yet. It's kind of one of those things of because it's funny is I did my bachelor party in Vegas like eight months ago when I got married. And it was one of those things, like, I kind of kept it tame. I was more of like, I just want to go to the best restaurants I possibly can go to. But the guy who's getting married is, let's say, he goes to a lot of strip clubs, so we might be doing that. <laughs> so we'll see what ends up happening. But we, there's some great stories about that. So. Well, I don't think you can go wrong with uh, strip club in Vegas, uh, bachelor party. I don't think you can go wrong there, man. I really you don't. Know, so. you, just, you just get hooked up. That's what it's all about. They want you there. They want you to spend all your money, and then you'll be good. <laughs> right. Well, you got to hit the blackjack table first and get on a hot streak, and then go to the strip bar, so that way you can, you know, you can just uh, spend most of the night in the back room, you know? So. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm a roulette guy, and if, I, if my numbers come up, it's, it's a good weekend. There you go, man. Now, uh, the, the track we just heard, Medicine, uh, which is off your guys' uh, latest album, uh, obviously you guys did a video for this, too. Um, I think it was, was you guys' first video as a band, this, uh, the, the video for Medicine? Yeah, it was our pretty much full, first full-blown production. We actually filmed the music video, I'd almost say September or August of 2013, so a good, good probably five months before, the, before Let It Go even came out. And we were still kind of dabbing with a bunch of songs and, like, Let It Go ended up with 14 tracks on it. And we just kind of put everything we had on it because at that point we were still juggling a bunch of songs together and figuring out how long we wanted to make the CD. And we just kind of, kind of just said, fuck it, let's just put everything on it. Let's not worry about it. Let's put it all out. And then we kind of put that on the back burner for a little bit. And then just, and we released the record in, in, uh, in March. We just, that's when we released the music video too. It's kind of like the, the second single off the record, it was like, okay, here's here's kind of the now the taste of us and how we've evolved. But we were trying to do that on searching on um, for the song My Control Campaign, but kind of our ideas and ambition for that song would be way out of the price range as a band at this point. So it would have been like, uh, we need a label basically to help us do this. But it was one of those things of like, no, let's just move to the future and let's kind of go to the next, next batch of songs we've got going on. Well, the the video is really cool, man. It's uh, it's a performance uh, video, but also there's kind of a storyline behind it. Um, how much say did you guys have in the uh, the storyline? Uh, obviously, a, a little bit dark too, but you guys are kind of on that line. Um, you know, guys, a little dark, a little mysterious, but also um, you know, very energetic uh, music wise as well. Yeah, it, it's, it's it kind of comes from like one of my biggest influences ever is Alice in Chains, and Alice in Chains is a very dark band, but. As soon as you kind of get to know all of us in the band, you realize we have the biggest sense of humor and we crack jokes all the time. So it's like you kind of get both. You get that real serious side of us with the music, but if you come hang out with us or meet us after a show, you know that we're just the most down-to-earth guys you possibly meet. And we just we we love our fans. We love interacting with people. So that's kind of kind of almost a twist of kind of when you when you hear our music and meet us. But 
the whole story behind medicine was just kind of we wanted to be kind of kind of one of those things where kind of the guy basically as a killer would be half true. It's kind of like what we kind of nicknamed him in a way of like making it our own thing. But um, it was kind of one of those things like he was taking them back to childhood when it, everything was kind of easy again. Like life wasn't so difficult, but yet you're scared to kind of go back to that sense of like you've learned everything that's going on in the world, but yet you're kind of afraid to go back to the way it was. And that's kind of kind of like a little short of where we were trying to go with, with the video and what we were trying to persuade. Well, it's a cool video, man. I encourage everyone to, to definitely check it out. Now, um, last year, uh, 2013, was really kind of a, a, you know, kind of a coming out for you guys. You guys were nominated for a bunch of awards, Artist Music Awards uh, in Orange County, uh, Best Metal Band nominee, uh, Best Metal Man, uh, Artist of the Year, and Best Metal Band, actually, both nominated for those. So, um, with 2014, you have the album Let It Go. What is um, in store for you guys uh, down the road right now? Um. It's just kind of what we were trying to do as much shows and much touring as we possibly can because we're still an unsigned band. We're still trying to take a name for ourselves. And um, back in February, we were nominated for Best Metal Band in the Orange County Music Awards, and we lost to Vince Sevenfold. So it was kind of cool. Like, we're, we were in the same categories as Vince Sevenfold, and yet, I mean, we lost to him, but it kind of opened doors to let people know who we were even more. Like, even in our hometown, like, people, like, don't even know who we are, but it's kind of continually building that fan base, continually getting your music out there because, I mean, living in Southern California, I could probably name 15,000 bands off the top of my head that we've played with that are still are in the same boat as us as trying to make a, make a name for ourselves and trying to get kind of out of the, the realm of where we're at. But for us, for the whole goal of 2014, is just to play, play shows, play big shows, like, we recently just opened up for a head PE and soil at the Whiskey and the Glass House in Pomona. So, like, we've been, and then, what was it, in January, we opened for Unwritten Law, and then next Wednesday, the 28th of May, we're opening for Crazy Town at the Observatory in Santa Ana. So, we're, we're kind of opening up for, major, like, major bands that people know and recognize. So, we're kind of getting our name out that way more. So, it's like the fans of them are kind of coming out and checking us out, and we're making new fans as we go along, and then then we've been able to kind of get in with the House of Blues down here in Anaheim, so we've been kind of playing shows there every couple months, and it's really like putting on like our headlining stint, if you would, and kind of bringing on other local bands we love, and just just kind of doing our little thing, and just trying to kind of get getting our name and everything we can out, and just, just hopefully one day get signed and make this a career and do this for a living, and that's kind of, I think everyone's goal in the long run. Well, I think you guys are going about the, the right way, man. I mean, it's all about, you know, obviously getting your name out there and participating in as many things as you can, playing as many shows as you can, whether big or small. So, I mean, um, and it starts, you know, obviously you guys, are, you know, you formed in 2010, so you guys are, you know, almost you know, a little into four years at this point. So, I mean, to be opening up for some of the acts you mentioned is right where you need to go and obviously keep trending that way. And uh, I guess that kind of leads into my next question. As an independent band, there's a lot of different challenges out there. Obviously, uh, funding a tour is a lot of different things, obviously, that comes into it, but Social media, uh, we talked before the interview about how obviously that plays a big part. Uh, I think for all bands now and, and anyone, really, whether it be uh, for, for even us podcasting, uh, music, uh, you know, t- independent TV on YouTube. I mean, there's a lot of different avenues, avenues now in the, in the media outlets. Um, how big a role has social media played for you guys? I, I think we wouldn't even be where we're at now if we didn't have the social media following that we have because 
it, I'm one of those people who just adapted to it right away, and I, I'm always one of those people, like, even on my own personal accounts, I'm constantly talking to people. Like on my on my own Twitter feed, I'm I'm a huge Angels Angels baseball fan, and I'm constantly talking to people all the time about that, and just it's one of those things like you you kind of have to adapt to where the technology is now. And like even with recording our songs, we were we don't have to go to a million dollar studio in the Hollywood Hills and spend all these thousands of dollars. And we have the greatest like the greatest unknown producer in the world with Christopher Eck who lives down in Corona, and we record everything out of his house. Like he basically reprogrammed his whole garage into a recording studio and gets world-class recordings out of there. And I mean, that's just like the start of it. Like, I mean, you, you kind of have to adapt to where everything is going and everyone's now about being uploaded onto Facebook, YouTube, like Twitter, like Instagramming a photo of where you're at. And like, that's kind of where we're at. Like we, we try to constantly keep that interaction going because it almost pulls our fans in more knowing that they're kind of a part of our, kind of our circle and our world. And that's what we try to do. And then recently, I think it was probably start of February. We've done, I think, 11 episodes now, but we started our own podcast called Mind Control Radio. And it was, it was kind of like a way for everyone else to kind of ask us questions, for us to kind of promote and kind of allow our fans to really get to know us and our opinion on music. Because, like, that's the thing. It's like all these big name bands that you kind of know and you grew up knowing, it's like, like, I would have loved back in the day to, like, send a tweet out to, like, Silverchair or Stain or, like, even now Chevelle. Like, those are the bands that, like, I still idolize and I would love to have a relationship with. And that's kind of where I look at it as being on the other side of the coin now. It's like, I want people who, like, go, hey, what guitars do you play or what, what it's, like, what amps do you run? And I can just instantly go back to you and, like, write you a quick little email and just answer those questions because, like, back, like kids get the biggest kick out of that, like, knowing that, like we're acknowledging them and knowing that, Hey, we care that you love our music and you like, you love our band. Like that's what we love. We love hearing that every single day. And it just almost keeps us going in a certain way. Like because you will get burned out playing music and being in a band and playing long nights and then going back to work and doing all this stuff. Because I mean, there's, it's, it's hard to see the reward at the end, but I mean, that's kind of like the little motivation we need daily is just being in a band of like, Oh wait, people love what we're doing so let's just keep going and creating the best art we can and just see what ends up happening well said man uh, i think you know uh you know this I don't know how old a guy you are, but uh, looking back at like the way social media has changed a lot of different things like it's it's weird to look back and see like you know like maybe you know big bands of of like the eighties and early nineties, like if Twitter and stuff existed, like you know where you would just you know be like, hey uh, Chris Cornell, what's up? Or uh, hey uh, Kurt Cobain, or you know, uh, you know, like I, it's kind of weird to see what the dichotomy would be like if technology now existed fifteen twenty years ago. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely. Like, I was gonna say, can you imagine like Guns N' Roses like on a like in the late eighties when they were like when the whole Metallica <laughs> thing happened. And just like you would have been like, okay, this would have just blown up, and it would have been the biggest news article in the world at the moment. And like that's where social media is too. It's like it's kind of like a double-edged sword because people do get in trouble. Like, I mean, there's so many celebrities out there that just don't understand. Like, okay, you're you have a million followers who are going to retweet it, and then everyone in the world is going to see it. So you kind of have to almost like put a sensor on yourself sometimes and realize, you know what, that's not worth the world to see. That's kind of right. I mean, that's, that's where that's where young kids get in trouble too. It's like the kids in high school, like they'll send out the wrong stuff, and it just blows up at them. 
Or, or, or immediately followed by, I was hacked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was hacked. My account was hacked again. Whoops. Uh, you know, there, there's funny. There's people out there that you know I, that just tweet some crazy stuff, and I, I I've been guilty of it too from time to time. But uh, uh, I think uh, I don't know. I don't know if you, you talk about you know, obviously being in sports and you know and liking you know the baseball and stuff. But I think NBA basketball players, those guys always have something oh, stupid. Uh, so oh my stupid. gosh, man. Uh, like, oh, you football <laughs> players. Like I'm a huge football player, but like. Okay, the whole Michael Sam thing. Don't go on your Twitter when the when the commissioner is fighting everybody and teams are cutting people over what they say. Like, don't go on your Twitter and go, "Hey, I don't like this guy." Blah blah blah, and then immediately get fined fifty thousand dollars. Like, it's the stupidest right. thing ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, sometimes uh, you know my draft folder just collects stuff, you know, like, yeah. and, and sometimes that's okay. It's all right to just type it out and go. Yeah, I'm not hitting send on that. I'm just gonna it's going it's going in the draft pile, you know? Exactly. And and it's like it's you just vent. You know, almost it's like one of those things where it's like, I'm gonna go ahead a couple couple golf balls or drink a beer and I'll be fine. So like and that's that's the whole thing about life anyway. It's just like I mean, people are gonna piss you off every day. It's fucking creating something out of it like that's I mean, that's why we play music. It's like we deal with what's going on in our life and just let's write some songs about it and like let's get over it. Exactly, man. Now, uh, obviously, as a guitarist, um, who are some of the guitarists? You know, you mentioned Allison Chains, but uh, I imagine Jerry Cantrell is up there on the list. But who are some yeah. guitarists that you look up to? Um, one of my biggest all-time influences is almost as funny. Just like when I started playing and really got to understand playing guitar, Mark Tremonti was one of those guys that, like, I totally dove into how he played. Not not so much into how Creed was, but it was more of how his guitar sounded like. Same thing with West Borland. Like, those two guys really kind of shaped how I became a guitarist. And then it ended up, like, evolving into, like, how Adam Jones and Pete from Chevelle is. Like, so it's like, I kind of get that very melodic, very heavy, very power-driven, like, chorusy stuff. And then it just goes into effects and bleeds into whatever. And, like, that was where I kind of got most of my influences from very early on. And then nowadays, it's just, I mean, like, I I was the Lamb of God, and I get influences from them all the time, but, like, it's not totally translated into our music, but I love, like, just every guitarist out there who's kind of been able to distinguish their own style. Like, that's one of my biggest things, is I've always been trying to really, even because it's so hard to kind of, as, as a guitar player, like, find your own voice, and, like, being a singer, you can do that easily, but with a guitar, I'm, I'm always trying to figure out, like, my little niche and kind of make it so it's my, you hear a half to go as an artist. I mean, and that's, I, hopefully I've been able to do that so far, but that's, I mean, those type of artists are the guys I always truly love. And I mean, like, yeah, Gary Contrell, like, way back in the day, the guy from Mastodon, too. Uh, Stephen Carpenter is another guy I absolutely love. So it's just kind of, kind of that whole realm of not new metal, but it was that post grunge, heavy, distorted, melodic stuff. So. Well, obviously, a, a pretty diverse mix, and um, I, I think when people hear the music, uh, are going to pick up on a lot of that stuff. And I, that, it's a good point. I, you know, I guess you don't really think about, or at least I, I can't play guitar for anything. So um, I guess you don't think <laughs> about you know, all the different <laughs> uh, all the different guitarists that have been around through, you know. From Jimi Hendrix, Jimmy Page, all the way up to today, where you know it is kind of hard to develop your own um, signature style or or sound or something. So uh, uh, that, that's obviously got to be a big challenge if you look at it in that, in that light. But uh, I think you guys have done very well musically. Um, I know what uh, 
I first heard you guys, I was like, man, we got to get you on. I know we've talked about it for a while, and you know, I'm glad that you guys obviously you know cut some time out and be on the show. But uh, I'm kind of curious about the name Haster. Uh, how did that come to be? And do you remember any names you guys did not select as a band? Well, it's funny because like, I've been I'm now 30. Fuck, I'm almost 32 now. But I've been doing this for since I've been in high school. So, and it's one of those things like when you form a band and you kind of go like, what are we gonna call ourselves? What you end up doing is you basically in a notepad and you write down every single word in the English language, <laughs> and you go, is that a band name? Is that a band name? Is that a band name? And you kind of start crossing stuff off. And with kind of the name Aster, where we got it from was we originally wanted to be Aster, and that Aster kind of came from the show Dexter because that's his daughter's name. And at this point, we had gone through about 10,000 names, and we're like, fuck, let's just come up with a name, let's figure this out. And we were kind of like one night after practice, we are like, fuck it, Aster's our name, let's just leave it at that. And I think we went home and started researching the name a little bit and found out another band had Aster already on iTunes. So we're like, fuck, we can't have that anymore. So I think it was probably the next night or two nights later, I was driving down to San Diego to see my fiance at the time. And I was talking to Brian, my drummer, and literally was just like, dude, I really like that name. Like, let's just try the spelling. Let's see how a different spelling could work. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, just put an H in front of it. What does that, what does that end up spelling, or what does that mean? And at this point, I'm driving through the naval base, uh, Camp Pendleton, right there in San Diego. And all of a sudden, the storm just kind of, like, washes over, uh, like, the whole area with, like, wind and rain and, like, hail. It even starts hailing on us. And all I remember is Brian sending me a text back going, like, it means a violent rainstorm. And I just immediately called him, like, it's a band name. I don't care. It's over. Like, this is what's going right. on. This is fake, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of, like, that's how band names usually start out. Like, and that's, I mean, you kind of morph it into what you want it to be. But for us, like, that's how Haster became our band name. And that's just kind of the weird little story and how it began. So. Very cool, man. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, I'm curious. Obviously, bands always have an interesting story about getting together. Now, uh, you mentioned obviously you've been playing since high school, and I think most you know people who are in bands now obviously started at a young age. Um, now, you guys collectively, do you guys all know one another um, through that time frame, or did you guys kind of all just meet separately? No, it's we all met separately because uh, my I'm like I work a nine to five job at Trader Joe's. Like I I literally do eight jobs to support everything I do in my life, but I knew a guy who I used to work with who was still in high school when I was working with him. And he's like, hey, I have a buddy who plays drums because at this point my past band had broken up and I was still figuring out what I wanted to do as an artist and what I wanted to do. And with my old band, I could never keep a drummer. It was like one of those things like you, it was a final tap thing. You'd have a drummer for two months and then he'd be gone. Or a drummer for a month and then he would stab the boyfriend of his ex-wife and he'd be gone. So it was just like one of those, and that truly did happen, which is another great story. But literally, like, you would just be like, okay, I need to start with a drummer. And so Brian, or our buddy uh, Ian, was like, hey, Brian plays drums. He loves to jam with you. And at this point, Brian was, um, I think Brian was 18, still in high school. So I started jamming with him, and we just kind of found out that mutual, like, understanding of music. And he just beat, beat the shit out of the drums. So I was like, That's, this is my guy. So we, I think we went about seven months and kind of were rotating other guys in and out through Craigslist and trying to really just develop the songs. Like most of the songs were searching. I had already written by this point. So we were just looking for guys to kind of come in and play over it or sing over it. And then we just put out the ad on Craigslist that had little, little demos going. And then Jared, uh, our singer, a- answered them, basically just 
came into our practice, laid like three songs down, just improvised the lyrics. We're like, this is our guy. This guy can do everything. He can scream, he can sing. This is what I want. And then we literally, probably a month later, were in the recording studio and recorded Searching. And then towards the end of that, we had just started putting out some of the early demos to kind of get a bass player in. And then Bob, I think was 17 at this point, he answered him, he came down, and Bob's probably hands down the best bass player I've ever met in my life. And so we were like, okay, you got the job. And then that was kind of the core of Haster for probably the first three years of our band and just kind of going through it. And then right around probably the end of Let It Go, um, Patrick, who is our rhythm guitarist and kind of backup vocalist, he was a singer in another band who we had played shows with and gotten, I, me and him got really close and gotten to get to know stuff. And his band was kind of at that lighter point of like collapsing, like members were leaving. He was trying to keep everything together. And I was like, dude, why don't you just join us? Like, we need another guitarist. You can do vocals. Like, we need another vocal because like we do all these harmonies on the recording. It's like, we need to do them live. Like, if we can't do them live, then what's the point? Like, so we ended up having him join us and like everything just matched perfectly. Like, on, um, like the song, The Following was pretty much all of Patrick's song. He came in with that most of the, most of the rest and, felt that out with him and he, he sings on the chorus um, and then on the song The Words he does a lot of the backup vocals on that one too so it was like it was we got him in at the right time where he could put his like little influences on and he got his piece on the record and that's what we wanted we wanted everyone to be behind the record before they before we even got a release and that was kind of like how everyone kind of came together and now it's just now we're kind of one big happy family in a way very cool, man. I, I always interested to hear those stories. Uh, real quick, uh, the worst audition you had off of Craigslist, Dad. Fuck. Okay. Well, I want to say, <laughs> say it was with Hass. Well, there's a couple, like because it's like we had guys come down who didn't even know like how to tune their guitar, and like it's like, dude, why are you trying to be in a band if you don't even know what you're doing? Like we had to like teach people like how to do stuff. So like we t- we dealt with those people, but um, it's had to be when I was like 22 or 23. And I was, like, in my second band. So, like, at this point, I basically am what I am now, like, where I'm kind of the leader, and I know what I was doing, and we're still figuring stuff out, but we had been going through, like, that rotating door of musicians. And so we were auditioning bass players at this point. And I remember, like, we had just gotten kicked out of our lockout. Like, we were, we were fucking in storage units just playing music, and we finally got kicked out of one, which they finally caught on to us. But, so we were jamming out of my parents' house at this time. And this guy answers the bass player's ad, and he's like, hey, I'm going to come down, we'll jam, we'll whatever, and we'll figure this stuff out. I'm like, okay, cool, like, bass player coming down, nothing special. Like, well, we'll just go through the normal routine and all that stuff. So he gives me a call and goes, like, hey, I'm outside. So I have one of those roll-up garages at my parents' house. And all of a sudden, like, the door starts rolling up, and then it's like these studded, like, nine-inch platform boots are there. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing, like, these tight leather pants. And then nice. it's like the open see-through shirt mesh. And then the hair starts coming. And then it looks like just Gene Simmons on a crack addict. And you're just, <laughs> and at this point, my other two band members are dying. Like they, they can't even control their laughter. They are dying of laughter of like, what the fuck? Because <laughs> like, we are what we are. Like we're just, I mean, we, it's funny. Like we, we've had articles of, like let's say we're just normal looking college kids and that's kind of what we are we're just normal guys who just play music but literally the guy is like full-blown get up ready to go like ready just to destroy the roxy and we're at my parents garage and we're like dude this is not gonna work 
And literally, he had been there for maybe two minutes, and I just was like, dude, this is not going to work. I'm sorry I wasted your time. And I'll do the gas money, but I'm like, I know this is totally not going to work, and I don't want to waste any more time. But, like, that was kind of like, if the worst audition was probably that, where I didn't even let the guy audition. But, I mean, it was like, it's one of those things, like, you're on a first date, and the girl's, like, 9,000 pounds, or, like, or you're a Jew and she's a Muslim. It's not going to work. You're just like, okay, this is instantly it. We're not going to go through it. Let's just go our separate ways. Like, I, I mean, we've all been through that. I mean, so. <laughs> but I brought coupons to the Spaghetti Warehouse. Yeah, exactly. I, I, want, I want my first, like, I have a story of, like, a girl who one of my uh, ex-girlfriends do where she would go on, like, eHarmony and match and literally would go on a date probably three or four times every single week and not dating guys, but just go out on a random date to get free meals. Like she would say, like she literally would do that. And like, that's what I always envisioned of like stuff like that. It's like, all right, just take me to dinner. I don't fucking care. And I'm like, I'm, I'll leave you later. Right. She's like, yeah, sure. I, I, you know, it's funny. She starts, you know, they start taking her to the same restaurants and stuff. She's like, oh, I'm embarrassed to show up. But, uh, <laughs> like, oh, you're here again with another guy, you know? Yeah. But, weren't, um, you here two, weren't you here two hours ago? Okay. <laughs> I'm really hungry. I came back for the tiramisu. Um, but uh, hey, uh, David, uh, pleasure speaking with you, man. Uh, best of luck to you guys. Now uh, we're actually doing a double shot here from you guys off the album, um, the song "Crutch," and then uh, within these walls. Is there anything you want to say about either of these songs before we do a double shot of you guys, man? Uh, not the crutch was our first kind of release off of "Let It Go," and there's a lyrics video or release for that. Uh, within these walls is going to be our next single, and we're planning on shooting the music video for that. Hopefully, within the next month or two, kind of going around our tour dates, which we will have up the west coast, um, kind of around the Fourth of July. We're still hammering out a lot of the details, but we should be releasing that really soon. Same thing with uh, kind of the teaser for the next music video as soon as we start rolling with all of that. Awesome, man. Well, uh, we'll have a, a link uh, up for you guys, uh, so anybody who, uh, listening to the broadcast can uh, to link up with uh, the band Hastner, find out with the tour dates, and also see the new video when it's up, man. Hey, uh, best of luck to you guys. Uh, have a good time in Vegas, man. Uh, may the strip bar uh, be kind to you. <laughs> thank you, and thank you so much for all the support. Like We truly appreciate everything you guys have been able to do for us, so thank you. Hey, that's what we do, man. Uh, best luck to you, and uh, keep in touch, man. Come back sometime. I will. Oh, my, my, now my voiceless pin down.
That is Crutch by Haster here on Revelator. And before that, we heard Within These Walls. Uh, big thanks to uh, Haster for uh, coming. And also Dead End Drivers as well. For more information about Dead End Drivers or Haster, head on over to omnes.tv. Again, that's O-M-N-E-S TV. You can find me, Ryan, uh, on Twitter, Ryan underscore unsigned. And uh, all the people who have been following me, I appreciate it. And uh, make sure to spread the word, man. Spread the love. Uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, we do have a, a Facebook account. It's uh, facebook.com slash TV again. That's O M N E S dot TV. Uh, find us on Facebook there as well. And uh, I'm really excited about this next band, Smiling Soul. This guy's been around a long, long time. Uh, Jake from the band will be joining us in just a moment. This is off their new album, Chemicals. It's the song "False Alarm" here on Revelator. Yeah. 
is Smile Empty Soul here on Revelator. That is the song False Alarm off the album Chemicals. I'm joined now by Jake Kilmer, the drummer for the band Smile Empty Soul. Jake, how you doing, man? Doing very well. How the hell are you, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I'm out here in uh, Jackson, Tennessee, enjoying the uh, beautiful weather here in a Walmart parking lot, just waiting to uh, start my day by loading into this uh, beautiful club here. <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, what is uh, your, uh, any, uh, any interesting... Uh, clientele at the walmart here in, in jackson tennessee that you can enlighten us with yeah there's this homeless guy who's been following me around from uh from starbucks over here <laughs> i don't know if he's <laughs> following my uh my uh laptop or what i don't know but uh um there's always classic people at the walmart you know we stopped here because they do have some uh you know typical stuff you can get waters and uh toiletry stuff but they also have uh you can easily pick up some fruit real quick and stuff like that and and uh, it's it, it's crazy how much Walmart uh, is a part of Small Empty Souls touring uh, lives, I guess, because we we do do some pit stops and crash out here if we need to. But uh, it is what it is. I don't go to Walmart when I'm at home. That's for damn sure. <laughs> right, man. Uh, I I haven't been to Walmart in a, in a little while, but uh, a story I had at Walmart was you know the Walmart greeters are always interesting to me. Um, Years ago, I used to live on on the uh, southwest end of Columbus, Ohio, and uh, I walked into this Walmart, and the Walmart greeter, she had a black eye, and her arm was in a sling, and I I wanted to take a picture so bad, and my (laughs) wife was like, you can't take a picture of her. I was like, yes, I can. I was like, how often does the Walmart greeter have a black eye, and her arm is in a sling, you know? Wow. Like, like, talk about rolling back prices, you know? I know. I think it's crazy that the the amount of old people that do work at Walmart, um, man, I mean, it's kind of trippy to think about it's like man these people they gotta be some of them look like they might be in the early 80s and I'm like, wow you know it's like what did this person do in their life you know and and uh not not that i'm saying what they're doing right now is wrong it's just interesting you know uh here i am a young guy in the early 30s uh walking in here people i think i'm a scumbag the way i look walking all rocked out <laughs> and uh <laughs> and it's just interesting seeing everyone's different uh you know, going around the country, traveling around, you know, all the 
all the people who do work at the Walmarts. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I imagine you you, you see all, all kinds, man. But uh, you know, you, obviously, you guys no stranger to the road, man. Playing it, it with, and with Smile Empty Soul, uh, the new album Chemicals has been out. Um, what about nine months now? I guess it's been out for a little while. Um, yeah. Now, uh, what was it? What's it like for you guys having as many albums that you that you do have constructing a set list on a nightly basis? Is that something that you guys kind of okay? We're gonna stick with these songs, you know, for this particular run and go with it, or do you guys kind of mix it up each night? Well, we usually um, usually jam. Uh, say we're uh, we're gonna do a headlining tour, and we usually end up playing about twelve to fifteen songs, and we'll probably practice about maybe 18 tunes before we hit the road of ones that we we feel, we, oh, let's play these in this tour. Uh, you know, we play the staples, like Bottom of Bottle, Silhouette, stuff like that. Uh, don't ever leave. Um, but then we just, we pick and choose from those as we feel every night. I and mean, we can go off on a tangent if we really wanted to and um, throw it out there. But usually we just uh, do whatever we hell, hell we want to and write a different set order or whatever and just pick from these tunes throw it out there like that unless Very some cool fans like unless the fans like can you really play this 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 i'll give you this much weed 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 no but yeah we will listen to fan request too you know if it's something we think we might still remember and not suck at it then uh then we'll rock <laughs> at it you know <laughs> you ever play you ever play like an older track or something to go now i know why we don't play that live anymore oh sure and some that uh, we'll try and try and pull out at band practice and be like, oh, we should start playing this live. Uh, right. It's a fun yeah. one, you know. It, it's actually pretty trippy to to ha- have done this many tunes and have this catalog now. It's pretty cool. I imagine so, man. You know, kind of opens you up to you know obviously exploring and expanding the set, but um, you guys are obviously you know, on tour right now. But you're going to be joining uh, Static X uh, in June uh, for some shows as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how excited do you guys be a part of that? I know uh, Wayne's been gone for a little while and he's coming, you know, coming back and, and, and doing this uh, this big tour. Uh, how yeah. excited do you guys be a part of that, man? Uh, it's pretty awesome. You know, we we actually did about two weeks with them already. Uh, Wayne Static and his group, and which they are playing the first or they are playing uh, Wisconsin Death Ship that Wayne Static record up top to bottom. I don't know Static X album, but it's Wayne Static with his group. Uh, but they do they do very well as a um, it, it's a good show. You don't want to miss it. You definitely want to come out and see uh, Wayne Static and all the other guys. And uh, it's classic. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, man, Wisconsin Zetro. It's hard to believe that album is actually as old as it is, like fifteen years old or something now. It, it kind of makes me feel a little old, but um, yeah, it's one of the albums that definitely sta- stands up the test of time. Um, now, you guys have played with tons of bands and done headlining tours all across the country. Um, what are some of the favorite bands you guys have played with and, and guys that um, you would like to play with again? Uh, let's see. We've done uh, several shows with Alice in Chains. Um, you know, they were definitely influences on us as younger guys. And, uh, it's always fun watching them. Uh, I don't really know them too well, but Sean Ryan those guys pretty uh, pretty well so it's, it's always nice playing with them I wish we could do some shows with Deftones uh, that'd be badass but uh, uh, last time Smile did a show with Deftones might have been a couple festivals back in the day maybe 04 um, let's see uh, you know we just did a show the other day with uh, 
remember that band Local H from the mid nineties? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, um, uh, we played with them in um, Waterloo, Iowa, the other night, and they're they're actually badass. They're just a two piece. They still are, and uh, oh. so that, that's kind of classic. I mean, there's so many different groups we've toured with. Uh, it's like we've done some festivals where we play like the Killers or something like that. And it's like that's the Killers. Like, oh, they sound they sound all right. They're rocking it, you know. Um, there's so many. The, the festivals go by so fast. You're just like, yeah, sometimes when you get to see everyone play and this and that, and uh, uh, or the days by go by so fast. You're like working, doing stuff. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to think of who the other uh, Perfect Circle, a couple shows done back in the day. Um, God, I don't know. It's just right. that yeah, I'm musician. Right, I imagine it kind of all runs together after a little bit of time, man. Now, uh, you joined the band what in two thousand six? Two thousand six, yep. Um, what was that first meeting like for you in the audition? Uh, was that you know? <laughs> can you recall that that time? Oh yeah, yeah it's funny you ask that because uh, it is a, it is pretty classic. Well, I knew Ryan um, growing up from junior high school and high school, and uh, we started drumming in the beginning bands and high school bands also, and we were good friends and I knew him quite well and I knew when he joined Swampy Soul before they were called Heckler's Vito and uh, I didn't really know Sean too well I just knew him um, playing, like acquaintance select uh, like an acquaintance just playing with my other heavy band with his band and stuff like that but uh, Ryan called me because he knew that my punk band at the time my punk band we, we weren't a band anymore we just broke up and and they just happened to be on the second drummer at the time, after Derek, the first drummer, they were on the second one. But he was definitely he was just dropping the ball and doing some drugs and just not handling business right where they needed a new guy. So I got the call and uh and I was fortunate, it's lucky, you know, it's like uh it's funny that actually Ryan called me once before when they when Derek left the band or um whatever the reasons were but I was still in my punk group when we were working with the producer at the time, you know, us guys who had been together since high school as well. So I actually told him no. I told him I, told him I couldn't, you know, I, we, we want to see what happens. And uh, so it's just so classic that there's the right timing where my punk band actually, you know, dissipated, ended up, you know, after several months. And this second drummer there dissipated as well. And uh, I actually got asked again. And so I was, that was just fate, guess, you know. Uh, so I, I went to tryouts and um, it was about thirty minutes to rehearsal spot that the guys had, and uh, I get there and I got my drums and shit setting up. I, I knew all of uh, Smile's first record and their uh, second album, Anxiety, which never got released at that time. And uh, so I knew them all top to bottom. I was like, I'm not, I'm not not gonna get this. I'm, I'm going for it. And uh, sure shit, I'm setting up my set. I'm like. Where are my symbols? <laughs> and I told <laughs> symbols at my house. <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch. You know, and uh, I, I told Ryan, I was like, hey, dude, that's my symbols, you know? <laughs> it's like, great, man, you look really good. And Ryan's like, geez, Jake, what the hell, you know? I can call you down here. I, I asked you twice, you know, like, uh, so what I did is I called my brother. Uh, I was living at my folks, but I still. And, uh, he met me halfway, luckily, thanks, thanks to the brother here, and uh, gave me the symbols. I was like, well, damn, now I really have to rock out, you know? 
So I went down there and I just did my best. That was it. A couple days later, they said I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But they they still give you a give you a hard time about forgetting your symbols on your uh, first audition every once in a while. No, but it comes up in storytelling every now and then. It's just a. <laughs> That's funny because that, it's actually happened to me before, and uh, I was uh, doing a gig. Uh, uh, I played in the jazz band and stuff at high school, and I also played in the college, the local college, uh, a community college big band for a couple of years with the, the instructor over there. So you know, I know I played jazz too. So I was doing before smile. I was doing a jazz gig one time with uh, the student. It was like a big Italian birthday party, and I forgot my. I, I must have been a stoner uh, thought or something like that. I don't think I was stoned, but, um, you know, stoner thought. But I forgot my symbols then. And I ended up, luckily I had my brushes and I stirred soup all night for four hours. And, uh, you know, I had, I had my symbol stand still set up and everything, but I didn't have my symbols. And the band didn't even notice until we were on the fourth set. You know, we already taken three breaks or a few breaks. We were on the fourth set and I was like, you guys notice anything different? I was like, they were older guys. And luckily, they're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh my symbols! And I'm like, oh, you know, like it's crazy, you know. Like people were dancing. You know, I had a hi hat, you know. I didn't have any hi hats. It was just a rod going up and down. Uh, <laughs> it was hilarious. But you know, I, I had uh, I had my brushes. I had my snare. It sounded good. I could uh, I could adjust the tension of the snares to you know either be a little more stirry, soupy, or whatever or not. But no one gave a shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think it's. I think it's actually more funny that nobody noticed that you didn't have a hi hat or a ride or any crashes or anything. That's hysterical, man. Yeah, that was classic. I mean, uh, that only happens once in a life, you know. Right. <laughs> well, cool, man. I appreciate you sharing that sharing that story. Now, uh, the new album, uh, Chemicals, they said has been out for a little while. You guys uh, did a video, which I want to talk about. We're going to play the track in a moment, uh, the, which is the title track, Chemicals. Uh, the song now the the video man, um, I was at first I was like wait is this is this real the cute kitten video, and uh, so you know I I watched the full you know five minutes and change you know and uh, uh, <laughs> it's freaking hysterical man I like in the middle of the video there's uh I, I don't know whose house it is it's recording this and there's these two um, dogs like terrified of the camera I guess oh yeah I love running, that part <laughs> and just running through the house because they're terrified of, of the uh, of the of the of the camera, which is hysterical. But yeah. um, whose idea was to do the cute kitten um, video, man? Well, you know that was Sean's idea. We were, uh, we were, we just, uh, you know, we we're, were on our chemicals, uh, promoting our chemical single, and, and we didn't really have an idea or kind of the time that we've been touring and and this and that, um, or we we weren't really planning on budgeting like a big budget for a video or anything like that, um, and so. Uh, Sean's fiance, uh, her folks have a, a pad and they have a they have a bunch of animals, you know, um, cats and dogs, and, and end up one of the kitty uh, cats had a litter. So, uh, uh, you know, it's just a uh, it's a uh, it's a sorry, some ladies at Walmart, some lady just drives right by me, just looks at me, and like does a little air guitar and goes, "Do you play?" I'm just like. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're so weird. Anyway, she passed on me. So, uh, but the, one of their cats had a you know a litter of kittens, uh, a bunch of kittens. So now there's just tons of uh, cats and dogs over there. So uh, Sean was over there um, visiting, um, 
you know, with his his fiance and uh and he 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 actually had the idea already before he went out there. So he went out there, he said, What the hell and he'll see what happens. So he just shot whatever he could and uh and put it together with uh, the video editor, one of those apps he got on online, just real quick, you know. Uh just for some media content. I think it's a funny show. <laughs> uh we were we weren't intending it to necessarily be funny or whatever. We we were just like, Well this is an idea and uh it's kinda it's kind of interesting hearing the song with that footage. I I think you know the the, the cat video is. I, at first, I was like, "This kid is this real, man?" Like I was on YouTube, and I'm checking it out. And I'm like, "Go on, this can't be real." And I you know I go to the website. I was like, "I can go to the website and see if, what the." And sure enough, that's the video. I was like, "Man, I was like, it's like it's kind of funny." And it, you know, it's uh, you know, because everyone always jokes about like the crazy cat videos and stuff on YouTube or whatever, you know. And I thought it was you know actually in, in a way really brilliant to put that out there. And um, it is kind of interesting uh, to hear the song with. The uh, the kittens and everything, you know, and like I said, the middle part there with the dogs and stuff is absolutely hysterical, man. But, yeah, um, okay. well, and I, I like how it ends too with the with the three little kittens, you know. And uh, so he, he he did do some thoughtful editing there. <laughs> the yeah, but we're always a three piece. There's a lot of threes involved, smile, peace, soul, and stuff. Yeah, man, it's pretty clever stuff, man. Um, well, Jake, uh, I know you uh, you guys uh, got a busy day ahead of you, man, and um, I'll, I'll let you get rolling here. But uh, is there anything you like to add uh, as far as um, you know, information about the band touring and all those things you guys got coming up, man? Well, uh, yeah, just continue to uh, check us out on our smilefeesoul dot com. It has a uh, you know all our tour dates, has uh, music, um, all of our. Facebook and Twitter links and stuff like that. You can follow us on Instagram. Uh, yeah, I mean, just uh, keep coming to our shows. Thanks for all the support, guys. And, uh, you know, we're conti- we're going to continue to do what we do because that's, that's what we do. And, and we'll see you down the road. All right, brother. Well, hey, man, uh, best of luck. Thanks for cutting some time out. I think you should purposely not have a ride symbol tonight just to, just, just to mess with the guys, man. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> man, that, that's, a, that's a one and a I'm so glad I got that over. I did that. That's on my bucket list. <laughs> Do the whole thing hey, uh, without symbols. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, that that would be pretty tough with with your with the uh, with, with your set tonight. I bet, man. Oh yeah. Uh, all right, brother. All hey, right, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Best of luck, man. And, uh, yeah, man. Uh, come back again sometime if you guys are back through Tennessee, man. We'll have to uh, get together and hear you guys jam out, man. Sounds good. Thanks again. Take care.
Smile Empty Soul here on Revelator with the song Chemicals, also off the album Chemicals. Again, thanks to Jake for uh, stopping by. And this show... Delivering the goods at every freaking turn. Bam! Triple header. Haster, Smile Empty Soul, Dead End Drivers. Uh, three really, really diverse bands. Um, all on one broadcast. That's what it's all about. And we've been having a lot of double features and triple headers. Um and we got more to come, so stick around. Ar- Arisen from Nothing, a uh, band we had on a while back, Luminoth, will also join us. Uh, we have uh, man, some really, really awesome people in the works, so keep it locked right where you are right now on TV. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on iTunes as well. Uh, you can get it for free. Subscribe. Find out when the heck the episodes are coming out. You know, uh, Be the first to know about it. Mike, wonderful job as always. Thanks to all the guests for uh, hanging out. And uh, coming on, donating their time. It seems harder to enjoy the finer things in life. Until next time, do so, everybody. This was Episode 62, Smile Haster, Dead Soul Drivers. For show notes or links to topics discussed on this episode of Rebel Letter, or to experience previous episodes, head on over to omnes.tv, that's O-M-N-E-S dot TV, and click on Rebel Letter. Thanks for listening.